Welcome into the fade. I am Clay Travis. He is Todd Furman. I uh, just can't get over this ridiculous outfit that he's wearing. Uh, I'm on the Fox lot. I am in LA where the Wait, Super Bowl. The, the ridiculous outfit that I'm wearing says the guy that hasn't put on anything nicer than a t-shirt unless he goes on network television. Why don't you show the audience, Clay, what you're wearing? We got shorts and flip-flops on. No, Clay it's, cold. it's cold on the lot. I've got pants and boots on today. Uh, and in fact, I had a jacket that I had to take off. I mean, I was getting a little bit cold. Uh, by the way, 80 degrees in L.A. Uh, as soon as we finish this show, I'm looking forward to going outside and chilling in some sunshine. But uh, let's dive right in. Got a few days from now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, until SoFi Stadium will be hosting the Rams' second straight year that we will have a home team able to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. This line, Furman, bouncing right around at four, four and a half, over under at 48 and a half. We're going to get into that, some of the prop bet analysis as well. Uh, but let's start here, right off the top, fanduel.com slash clay. Listen to me carefully. You go to fanduel.com slash clay, you bet five bucks on either the Rams or the Bengals to win, and you win back $280. That is a 56 to 1 payout. Louisiana, New York, Iowa, Indiana, uh, West Virginia, Virginia, Michigan, uh, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee. Uh, Louisiana, Colorado, Arizona. I think I hit pretty much everywhere. Lots of different places. Three times, actually. And by the way, Super Bowl is being played on February 13th. That is the day before Valentine's Day. For those of you out there that might not have made that connection, Valentine's Day coming up very soon. And so if you want to take care of your Valentine, you could have somebody else take the other side. Maybe your girlfriend, maybe your boyfriend. Bet $10, you're guaranteed to win 280. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash clay. And even for Todd Furman, that would be a great meal. $280 Valentine's Day special brought to you by Cupid himself, Clay Travis, and fanduel.com slash clay. All right, Furman. I'm on the Rams. I think they win by double digits. Uh, I know we can talk about this game ad infinitum, but to me, it comes down to how Matthew Stafford plays. If he plays well, I think they win this game in a walk-off double-figure win, which is what I'm anticipating. I like Sean McVay uh, with two weeks to prepare. Furman, we know he said the moment was too big for him a few years ago when they lost to the Patriots 13-3, to only put up three yard, uh, points, about 260 yards of offense. Being at home, I think Sean McVay will coach in a much more calm fashion. I think he's more comfortable with Matthew Stafford than he was with Jared Goff. I like the Rams 27-17 is my predicted score. Means I like the under, but I really like the Rams to cover this four or four and a half point line. What say you? Yeah, I mean, there's an increased level of familiar familiarity as well, obviously, between Sean McVay and Zach Taylor. Taylor was essentially unemployed before McVay gave him a lifeline. And to Taylor's credit, he's parlayed it into unprecedented success through his first three years as head coach in Cincinnati. I actually echo your sentiments. I don't think there's a lot of value in the number, to be quite honest. Made the game for myself, so laying three and a half would have made some sense early on. The way that I plan to attack it, assuming that we're going to get the splits like we typically do for the Super Bowl, is that the recreational betters out there, instead of backing the Bengals plus the points, are going to back Cincinnati on the money line, forcing odds makers, maybe not at FanDuel, but some other books out here in the desert, to start to drop that Rams money line. And if it comes in a range in that minus $1.70, minus $1.75 range, that would be my buy point for the Rams for a lot of the reasons you outlined there. 
When you look at Cincinnati, I'm not going to take anything away from what they've been able to accomplish so far this postseason. But in their three victories, this is a team that's been outgained from a yards per play standpoint in all of those contests. You dig into Joe Burrow's numbers, and while he is the headliner, he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire. I mean, in the second half of the game against the Chiefs, he was average to maybe slightly below average. It's been some of the adjustments the defense has made in terms of getting off the field on third down. We know Evan McPherson rapidly becoming a cult hero as far as his clutch gene kicking field goals, banging extra points through with reckless abandon. But I think this is where rubber meets the road. And Matthew Stafford has long had to endure the tag of one of the best quarterbacks in the league that didn't have a playoff victory on his resume. That's now been taken care of. And he finally has a chance to break through to rarefied air and get that Super Bowl title. This, ironically enough, will be only the second time in Super Bowl history well, we'll have a pair of number one draft picks going head to head at the quarterback position. We had it a few years ago with Peyton Manning and Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. But we actually talked about this earlier, Clay, and I'm sure you'd probably agree. It's pretty wild when you think that Joe Burrow has played in higher pressure situations, given what he went through at LSU, than Matthew Stafford has ever encountered, maybe up until this playoff run. Well, Matthew Stafford had some big games at Georgia, but you're right. When you're a Detroit Lions quarterback and by the way, I feel so bad for Lions fans. My wife obviously is from Michigan, as I talk about sometimes. So I've got a lot of Detroit Lions fans that I'm around quite a bit. What's the number one thing we say for NFL franchises that want to be good? Just get a good quarterback and you'll be taken care of. I don't even know what Lions fans think to themselves now because Matthew Stafford doesn't win a single playoff game in his entire tenure with the Detroit Lions. He leaves, immediately wins three, and is in the Super Bowl in the first year somewhere other than Detroit. I, I, I don't even know what Lions fans have to think in the NFL, which is a league, you know, Furman, where the idea is you're never that far from being able to make a run. Last to first in the division happens on a somewhat uh, a usual level. Look at what happened with the Bengals here in year two of Joe Burrow. They make a massive run in the AFC North and now find themselves in the Super Bowl. And you look around and you are the Lions and you think, man, we had a potential. Who knows what might end up happening for Matthew Stafford, Hall of Fame quarterback. And we couldn't even win a playoff game with him. Yeah, it's got to be a tough pill to swallow because you're exactly right. I mean, that's why the NFL brings people back year in, year out. It's not what we're talking about in Major League Baseball where it's a separation of the haves and have nots. And to your point, I mean, every single year you get a team going from worst to first as far as the divisional races are concerned. Now, not every year do you get a team that started the season at 150 to one to win the Super Bowl <laughs> playing for the Lombardi Trophy. I mean, this is some of the longest odds that we've seen from a team even getting to the big game since 1999 when the Rams did it and your beloved Titans came up a yard short. We don't need to talk from, about it. From slowing down Kurt Warner and company. So there's no doubt Lions fans have to feel, you know, completely maligned knowing they're going to endure the Jared Goff years and Dan Campbell. But I think it's even scarier when you consider that Joe Burrow is still on his rookie contract, a ton of cap space for the Bengals, that even if they're not able to get over the hump, this is a team this offseason, assuming Paul Brown wants to continue to spend, is going to be adding all sorts of impact players on both sides of the ball. All right, let's go into some props. Uh, one way that obviously people play this is often regarding the superstars, whether it's Stafford and Burrow at the quarterback position, uh, whether it is Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, we got, obviously, Joe Mixon, who has been very productive at the running back position. You've got studs, Henriksen, uh, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, 
uh, Floyd, so many guys who have had big-time playmaking ability on the defensive side, Jalen Ramsey in the defensive secondary. What is standing out to you? There's a lot of big names in these games, a lot of numbers out there. Oftentimes, I'm curious if you agree, when you're trying to bet the Super Bowl because so many people are out there gambling on this game, that maybe the prop bets offer the best value. What stands out to you in terms of those valuations? Well, 100% that the prop bets are going to offer all sorts of opportunity and upside compared to the game side in total, which is going to be one of the most efficient numbers that you'll see set, not only in the National Football League year in, year out, but arguably across any North American sporting event, given the liquidity that's in there, the amount of time that odds makers have to spend on it. And it's why you see a lot of seven figure bets coming in on this particular game that you're not going to see on a Tuesday night in Maction when Bowling Green is taking on Eastern Michigan. So as far as the props are concerned, I mean, this year was a little bit tougher nut for me to try and crack. It's two teams that I think have, you know, one to two ways they can play the game, but I don't see a whole lot of wrinkles or elements of surprise more so than Sean McVay sticking to his bread and butter and Zach Taylor who's been largely unimaginative in a lot of his play calling going forth. So one of the most popular markets out there is, of course, the MVP. And we know that yep. quarterbacks have largely dominated. You go back to 2006, I think it's a total of four non-quarterbacks that have won the award, most notably from an offensive side, Julian Edelman. Then you had Malcolm Smith in there, Von Miller, who, of course, will be front and center for this game as well. So when you're trying to find somebody not named Joe Burrow or not named Matthew Stafford to win this, Aaron Donald has attracted a ton of attention, but at 16-01, that's not nearly enough for me to try and advocate for betting him, nor is trying to back a kicker in Evan McPherson, who at some of the books out here in the desert has seen his price fall from 200-01 down to 80-01. to So if I'm looking for a guy not at the quarterback spot, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit and go with Cooper Cup. Now, FanDuel has taken his number from 7-1 to down to 5-1, to so it's not nearly as much value. And this is probably the one time that I might actually advocate for a single game parlay, which are typically going to work in the house's favor. Because when you anticipate the stat line that Cooper Cup is going to need to put together for him to win the MVP, it's got to be at minimum 100 yards receiving. You figure eight to nine catches, whereas over-under is eight and a half now, and you get a plus $1. ten to go over. And you figure he's got to score one to two touchdowns if history is any barometer. But I also think that Cooper Cup could benefit if he doesn't win the MVP award that maybe it's a nice human interest story should Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford put together pedestrian numbers. But again, you're working against history. It's a quarterback-driven award and a quarterback-driven league. But uh, Cooper Cup at a price, if you can get him at 7-1 to one and shop around a little bit, I think that's worth a few bucks for somebody that's probably going to advocate for betting the Rams in this contest. Do you buy in uh, first touchdown scores? The marketplace, again, so much money is going to be bet. Any value for you on first TD scores? I mean, obviously, you've got national anthem. you got coin flips, depending on where you're betting and what state laws are permissible when it comes to the prop market in general. Uh, what about first TD scores? We talk about that sometimes. I'll tell you in advance. I put some money on Higgins, uh, really kind of a little bit outside uh, the mainstream there. And then I also, you know, kind of looked around and thought maybe Van Jefferson value there. Both of those guys are 12 or 16 to one, uh, as opposed to the number one uh, top targets. Anything that's jumping out to you that has some value? Yeah, I mean, this market is so tough, especially in a game like this, to your point that most recreational bettors really want to get involved and they want to put up a little bit of money to make a lot. And you're not going to be able to give yourself an edge if you want to back the Odell Beckham Juniors, the Cooper Cups, 
the Jamar Chases. Not to say those guys won't be the first player to score a touchdown, but the market value isn't fair by any stretch. So I'll give you one and I'll go outside the box because he's not normally a threat to run the football. But if the Rams have a goal to go situation inside the two yard line, I wouldn't rule out a Matthew Stafford quarterback sneak. So that would be one that I would take a shot. You obviously prefer a quarterback that's willing to take off and run, whether it's play action or a bootleg. Uh, but Stafford on a quarterback sneak might be worth a small bet. But this is typically a market that's more for entertainment purposes than it is one that's going to cater to professional bettors that are looking to try and find something that's been improperly priced. Uh, all right. What advice would you give? Because there's 100 million people who are going to be watching the Super Bowl. A ton of those people, as you well know, Furman, are going to end up gambling, and they may not know very much at all about the NFL in general. I mean, this is just a reality. I mean, you and me and a lot of the people watching this, 50 million or whatever the number is, watch the NFC and the AFC championship game. I always think it's crazy that 50 million more people who wouldn't make the time to watch the AFC or the NFC championship game come roaring in to watch the Super Bowl in the event that it is. What would you tell those people in terms of budget, in terms of putting your, uh, your money out there? How would you suggest they approach betting on the Super Bowl? First things first, if you're going to bet the coin toss, find one of your friends or family members, bet them at the party you're at, and make sure you're playing. So you don't have to market. pay VIG. Yeah. yeah, there's no sense even playing minus a dollar three. And I know the folks at FanDuel will be like, oh my God, I can't believe these guys are telling us that. But that's going to be one of the more popular bet options. Find somebody to take the other side of your action and have a little bit of fun with it. The other thing to your point is it's so important to go into the Super Bowl setting a budget. Only wager what you can afford to lose. Don't be reckless. It's just one more football game. And last I checked, you don't get bonus credits or awards if you hit a Super Bowl bet more so than if you bet the NFC Championship or you bet a preseason game way back in August. The money is just as green, and we're going to have plenty of opportunities to bet college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. So be responsible. Have some fun with it. There's no doubt it's a celebration of not only the National Football League, but sports gambling in general. But remember, if you don't think that you have more than a puncher's chance in a particular betting market, bet small. Keep some money set aside if you want to bet halftime, if you want to bet in-game. I mean, FanDuel has one of the most extensive menus in that particular regard. But above all else, have fun with this game uh, and really enjoy the last three and a half hours of football that we're going to get until the Hall of Fame game kicks off in early August, then we get college football for week zero, you know, that fourth weekend on Saturday, you know, August 28th or thereabouts. I'm far from an X's and O's guy, as you know, Furman, but when it comes to the Super Bowl, I like to think about biggest mismatch. To me, the biggest mismatch in this game is the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line against the Rams defensive line. Are you buying into that as the biggest mismatch or is there something else that you're looking at? And the reason why I bring that up is you mentioned Aaron Donald earlier as an MVP. I think the possibility of value there, if you agree with me on defensive line versus offensive line, Rams versus Bengals, that there may be value on the MVP play there because if you look, for instance, at what the Titans did to this uh, Bengals offensive line, get a couple of sacks, maybe you get a fumble uh, caused, maybe you get a ball tapped, uh, pop popped up in the air, intercepted by the defensive line. Do you agree with me there on the mismatch and then taking it the next step further and thinking about the value that mismatch could unlock? Maybe you like Jalen Ramsey uh, to be able to make some plays in the secondary. I like the value on Rams defensive MVP odds. 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that there's no doubt that the Rams defense should have an edge in the trenches. To your point, we've seen Joe Burrow sack more than any quarterback in, you know, almost league history. If he goes down three times, I think is the magic number. I mean, this is a guy that's dusted himself off throughout the regular season, throughout the postseason, and continues to come back and throwing caution to the wind. Even more incredible when you consider he missed the latter portions of last season with that gruesome lower body injury. But the Bengals have had two weeks to prepare. And you'd have to think that Zach Taylor realizes that Joe Burrow needs to get the ball out of his hand quickly. And if it means a short controlled passing game, so be it. They're not going to take those five or seven step drops and allow Joe Burrow to be a sitting duck, letting Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller, and Aaron Donald pin their ears back and come after him. Now, of course, if the Bengals are playing catch up and they're in known passing situations, all bets are off. But the one thing we've seen from Zach Taylor is that when this team is in shotgun, they typically go to an empty backfield. And Joe Burrow gets the ball out of his hands quickly because they don't want to try and put him at risk. Joe Mixon, a viable threat running the ball. We've seen them do it on first and second down, probably too much uh, and, and a lot to their detriment. So it's hard for me when everyone is talking about Aaron Donald as a disruptive force, knowing that that's going to be the focal point of what Cincinnati wants to stop. And maybe it creates a little bit of value in a player like Leonard Floyd if you're trying to find that Rams defender that can really have that signature performance and be the key disruptor along that side of the ball. Uh, what's the impact of the home game? Obviously, for people out there who have not spent a lot of time, it's not as if the Rams get all of these tickets. A ton of them are committed to different sponsors. Relatively few tickets actually go to Bengals or Rams fans. But Furman, what would this line be if this game were being played, let's say, in New Orleans, instead of being played in L.A.? Are the Rams getting any benefit for being able to stay at home and play in their home stadium? For me, I give the Rams about a half a point here. I'm not going to make it overwhelming by any stretch of the imagination because we know typically Rams fans, even when they do have true home games, it's not exactly the most daunting place to play or a fan base that's loud and vociferous compared to your analogy that if the Saints were playing in the Superdome or even if the Titans had a Super Bowl in Nashville, knowing that their fan base would turn out. So I do think you have to build in a little bit of a numerical advantage there. But at the same time, I mean, you do wonder if the Rams in their familiar surroundings can work against them, if there's too many other obligations outside of just focusing on it being a true business trip. But I think these guys have been there, done that. They'll feel comfortable knowing exactly what some of the bells and whistles will look like. But I think what's a bigger factor for the Rams is that they have significantly more Super Bowl experience. Not only were players a part of it a couple of years ago, but you have folks that have been brought in from other rosters, like a Sony Michelle, who was on the winning side of that Super Bowl, compared to the Bengals, who only have one player on their entire roster that's ever played in a game like this, let alone a lot of the coaches that are unfamiliar with it. And I think Sean McVay took it personally when he said he basically got away from their strengths in the game against the Patriots, kind of overanalyzed everything. I really believe the Rams will get down to basics. They're going to stick with the blueprint that got them here. Uh, and you'd like to think it would pay dividends given everything that didn't go this franchise's way when they were, you know, essentially blown out by the Patriots because the offense couldn't get out of neutral. Get your bets in fanduel.com slash clay. Like I said, $5 can turn into 280. Anything else that you would want people to know as we get ready for the Super Bowl on Sunday for me? Yeah, I, I want to know why Outkick doesn't have a Super Bowl party in LA <laughs> and, you know, when they're going to finally join the rest of the 21st century with the other big aspiring media entities that you can rent out, 
you know, California Great Adventure, or you can rent out Disneyland. Probably tougher knowing your relationship with ESPN, but there's got to be a theme park, a restaurant, somewhere where OutKick can open its doors and welcome in all your admiring fans from across the country that are going to be out there for the big game. Well, you know, I don't own the company anymore. You should raise that issue with Fox and say, hey, why are you guys not uh, throwing a big party? I, you know, I would have clearly have rented out Disneyland if I had been still in charge of the company, but I'm not. So uh, that's a Fox decision. Figure, By the way, the media party. Pick up the phone, it, make a phone call, do something. You claim that you have all of this generational wealth and you have this power and cloud. And every time I ask you to actually make something happen, you want to pass the buck faster than anything else. You want, like you want like me to spend back, all my money and be like uh, on broke. You want them to do a sports media version of broke. You're going to tell me, buy, hey, uh, buy I'm another. I'm trying to spend all your money. If your I boys got, and your wife can't spend it, I'm going to spend it for them. You keep telling me to buy a plane, for God's sakes. And all that ever happens if I buy a plane is I'm going to die in, the in an accident there. Uh, I've got the beach house. I've got uh, the house that we're building in Nashville. Like, I don't know what else I need, Furman. I'm a, I'm a simple man who happens to be incredibly uh, good looking and also incredibly wealthy. I mean, maybe it's, it's time combo. to invest. Maybe it's time to invest in another pants empire since I know that was one of your big biggest money making endeavors. Well, you know what? I've lost some money in sports gambling stocks because uh, they've been on just getting hammered here in the last six months or so. So uh, that, that maybe that makes people feel better to know that I've lost some money there. Uh, Furman, have fun. Uh, Sunday will be uh, somewhat enjoyable. I don't know about you, but I love football. Obviously, I watch everything. But when the Super Bowl gets here, a lot of times, especially if you're in a party and people don't really care that much about the game, uh, I know the USFL is going to come out in April and we're going to do some cool stuff with them in, uh, in, uh, in that season launching. But in general, I always feel same thing with college football when the national title game actually gets here. That's a long desert between when college football and the NFL are back. And while I enjoy a couple of weeks off, it doesn't take very long for me to wish there was a football game on television. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you in that. And once you get to the end of the NFL season, it's that collective exhale. I mean, because I essentially become a hermit more so than normal. <laughs> From let's call it the end of July. We can tell. Nice tan you got there. Well, I don't have a beach house yet because I'm trying to spend your money. It'd be great if you bought your friends' beach houses as well. But I do have a beautiful pool, which will be ready to go. I know. I saw it. It looks like fantastic. Over. Finally, 13 months later. Um but I'm with you that once football is gone, it's a little bittersweet. You, of course, get the NCAA tournament, which creates buzz and environment. But for me, I mean, I'll take three to four weeks off before I start going into draft prep. It's watching tape for spring football. Uh, and if you're betting football professionally, whether it's pro or college, I mean, this is a seven-day week, 24-hour day, 365 days a year type endeavor. So you don't get that whole time frame off. But it will be nice to be able to sleep in a little bit later instead of getting up at the crack of dawn like I do to try and hunt down the best of the number uh, throughout the course of football season. Get your bets in. FanDuel.com slash Clay. He is Todd Furman. My I hair is even Travis. better. How about this? There and, you go. Hey, how about – that's amazing. How about this? Last one of the year for football season uh, of the fade. We appreciate everybody who's watched. Hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you again hopefully soon.